0: Have a holly jolly Christmas, it's the best time of the year. Well hello and welcome to Movies on the Side, this is Stephen Robles. This is Nate Baranowski. Merry Christmas listeners. You made it. Christmas is just days away, maybe even hours. Maybe you're listening to this on Christmas Day. Gathered with your family... That's right. Around the
1: hearth. Playing movies on the side.
0: Merry Christmas. I hope you'd enjoyed all the Christmas stuff we've done this month. It's been a lot of fun.
1: And if you're sick of it, this is the last week of it. That's right. Just hold on a little bit <laughs> longer.
0: But we're doing one of the favorites and classics of Christmas time Home Alone and a battle to the death between Home Alone and Die Hard. Nate, I am so prepared for this duel.
1: I'm going to be sending you PDFs and spreadsheets. Oh, man. You are so prepared for this, and I am not. Yes. I'm not even sure how strongly I'm going to take a stance, but I think the stronger you come at me, the more that I will fight back. I feel like that might be true
0: if I wasn't confident that I had a crushing blow ready, just waiting to prove to you that Home Alone is a Christmas movie. Okay. But anyway, we'll get there in a second. First of all, your brother, Jacob, is our new model for Mott's merch. Uh, listeners, I don't know if you follow us on Instagram, but you should, at Movies on the Side. But we posted Jacob modeling our new Mott's hoodie. It is a uh, very dapper. He looks very good in that sweatshirt. Right?
1: He really brought out blue steel. Yeah,
0: he was, that was an intense look. He wasn't playing around with that look.
1: When he models merchandise, he goes all the way.
0: That's right. You should take a look at that and see all the merch that we have. We might close the store soon temporarily to kind of create some false sense of urgency. We'll see. Oh, we're kind of like limiting supply. Right. Limited time. So if you want to get your Motts merch before 2020, check out MottsFam.com. You can see it all there. Got some good stuff on
1: there. Love it. Okay, I know you want to get to this Battle Royale. Yes. I just watched Home Alone last night. I have so many thoughts. I have questions. (laughs) I have a lot of stuff I want to talk about. So I just don't want you to rush through Home Alone just to get to the part you prepared the most for.
0: I'm totally with you. Let's talk about Home Alone. And we might have a couple of guests interject. Uh, We asked some questions of uh, some of our previous guests, Matt Glover and Jared Young. We'll see if they uh, fit somewhere in the show. Fantastic. I, I assume that everyone has seen Home Alone. I feel like that is ubiquitous. So I don't
1: feel like we should summarize anything
0: about the plot.
1: No, I don't think we need to summarize it. If you haven't seen Home Alone, you're a it's bad person. On Disney Plus, like <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Judgment statement. Yes. If no, it, but if you haven't seen Home Alone recently, I would say right. people our age, yes, saw it either a lot. Or, no, that's the only option. Saw it a lot. Right. But you may not have seen it since you became an adult. Exactly. I'd recommend seeing it one more time. It
0: is very different from my childhood memory than it is recently. Correct. It is interesting how many adult things are in this movie.
1: Oh, yes. Okay, (laughs) let's start. Let's start, Stephen. Let's start with the McAllister family. (laughs) Yes. The McAllister family lives in Chicago. Right. I went and visited the house where this was filmed. Yes, that's right. In Winnetka a northern suburb. I noticed as an adult, this family is mean to each other. Oh, my word. There is, there is the McAllister family. There are the, the uncle and aunt and some cousins, and maybe another pair of cousins was there. As an adult, I really cared about what the family unit was. Right, it's very confusing. I didn't quite remember whether Kevin even had siblings. Right, I mean, Buzz is his brother, right? right. um, and yeah. the girl that uses the French word like lesante <laughs> uh with the, the girl with the braces is also <laughs> yes, a sister, okay. I actually paused if you pause the movie while he's looking at the picture of his family and wishing they come back in bed oh. like I did when I watched this, that's good. You can see he's one of like five kids,
0: okay, yes, that whole dynamic is interesting how mean they are feels so weird now like watching it today right
1: look what you did you little jerk kevin you're such a disease
0: i feel like kevin's dad i guess and his mom too feel like the only normal people in this family
1: yeah, it's really something. I The only thing I remembered from that, I mean, as a kid, I just wanted to get to the booby trap parts, right, in the house? Right. Like, that's why we're watching this. That's why we're doing all of this. Exactly. Everything else was just like, I didn't care about you talking to an old man in the church. Like, it was just about the booby traps. Right, right. Well, and I remember about the opening scene that there was pizza and buzz i thought he vomited pizza he did not but that's what i remembered as a kid yeah but the family dynamic they are so mean to each other and kevin is so mean to his mom oh my word he at some point in time he says the word like dummy or something to her yes the idea of him i mean if i had spoken to my mother that way at the age of eight she responds like doesn't even like acknowledge it i would be done right i'd be done for i would not be going to france
0: (laughs) right exactly
1: i would be done they would leave me home alone intentionally and then have (laughs) robbers come to get me
0: (laughs) he is extremely disrespectful I don't know why it doesn't hit you as a kid, but as a parent, I'm watching this. I'm like, <laughs> I do not want my kids getting any kind of idea that you should talk to your parent like this. But also when when Kevin spills the milk on like the passports and stuff and they're down in the kitchen, yeah. this is right before he calls his mom a dummy. The way every single member of the family just stares straight at him, it seems so implausible
1: and so creepy and terrible. I'm like, this is it's bad it's way out it's there. really bad but something i did notice i think i spent my time noticing the weirdest details in this movie this time around yeah but did you notice that later the dad said he put the passports in the microwave to dry him out yes that was great <laughs> it's so weird
0: and like when that pizza guy comes and he says like i need 120 something dollars that
1: uncle i immediately thought he was the biggest jerk you got some money don't you come on Travelers' checks. I really liked him in this movie because how bad he was because like on the plane he talked he's like fill up the champagne all the way and he's like tells his wife to put the the crystal like, salt shaker in her purse. Yeah, I, I felt like this whole
0: family was implausible. And child protective services would probably remove Kevin from this house.
1: Right. The idea even of them leaving him home, right. and getting to like getting on a flight. I know they had to run through the airport, which, okay, let's talk about something else in this movie. They had 45 <laughs> minutes till their flight took off. They live in Winnetka, which is north suburb of Chicago. They had to get to O'Hare and get on a flight before that door closed. No way
0: would never happen.
1: It takes 30 minutes to drive to O'Hare. Now again, 1990, this probably was no security. It was just like get in, get on your plane. You have a
0: ticket <laughs> that says your name, sure. You're carrying a gallon of water in each hand and you're walking through TSA and they just wave you through.
1: But there are there are a lot of shudder-worthy things in this movie. Them saying they're 45 minutes away when they left the house and they had to get on a flight at O'Hare right. was one of the most haunting to my adult mind.
0: Also that The power went out. So, well, I guess every alarm clock then in the house is
1: ineffective. This is before your cell phones, right?
0: But then also, like, no child was awake. Listen, I have three kids. (laughs) Some child is awake. You're right. Subsequently, the parents would be awake. Implausible, for sure. There's also several curse words in this movie. That as a
1: kid, you just don't hear, I guess. They're like level, the level of curse words that as a kid, you're not supposed to say, but they're like the ones you can squeeze into a PG movie, right? Right. They're like level, tier one profanity. You use them when you're 13 and out with your friends to seem like a real cool dude. (laughs) (laughs) Right. That was a little, that was a little startling too.
0: There was that, and then also- Once Kevin gets left alone and he goes through Buzz's things, there's a Playboy magazine in the trunk.
1: Okay, well, that's not even like the top five most mature themed thing in this movie because we are dealing with adults trying to murder a child in a house during this movie. Let's get to that (laughs) and the fact that a child in return is also trying to murder them. This is most dangerous okay. game. Before we jump yes. to all the traps and stuff, yes.
0: I also just want to say, how old is Kevin supposed to be in this movie?
1: He says to the cashier okay. in the store, I'm eight years old. Now he may be lying to her because he lies about the rest of the story. So maybe that was a lie. Right. But I think eight. I'd like to give a shout out here to my brother Jacob because Kevin McAllister in this movie is what Jacob was as a child. Like <laughs> is that good? He could have drawn out these traps. Oh, I see. He had the like kind of adult sense of like, I am I am young. I do not know how to pack a bag yet. But saying it in a way like an adult being like, I need some help with this and my very first time and then I'll be fine. Like, right. He had that kind of like, I am an old man trapped in this young boy's body. That's what my brother was as a kid, if wow. you picture what my childhood was like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I did feel though, even if he's supposed to be eight, he feels like a younger boy trying to play a slightly older age you know what i mean yeah did you get that
1: feeling I'm just in general I was kind of confused by his age in this but again because he reminded me so much of my brother it's like oh yeah i i buy all of this now yes the robbers
0: marv and harry the parts of a movie and there's few movies like this where i feel like my childhood memory is exactly what i carry into adulthood yes like once the traps start, I remember it flawlessly and nothing takes me by surprise. Like I remember everything.
1: It's not. It wasn't flawless for me because I get a little bit of Home Alone 2 mixed in. Oh, sure. I was actually looking forward to the sound of the toolbox coming down the stairs. Which is a Home Alone 2 tool chest. Yes. Falling down and flattening someone.
0: Yes, that is. Yes, that is too.
1: Joe Pesci, Daniel Stern as Harry and Marv may be some of the best casting in a comedy villain i have ever seen in my life those two together their rapport yeah <laughs> their screams their dislikability. yes like mixed with comedy you have to pull off the fact that you are being thwarted by a child and we'll talk about the fatality uh factor of most of these traps later yeah <laughs> It's a fine, fine wire that you are balancing on when you are both of them, and they do it perfectly.
0: Yeah, they really do. All the laughs I remember as a kid, I can still chuckle today, and my kids still laugh at today. Like every time Marv screams, (laughs) it's hilarious. Yes. I am not one to enjoy slapstick humor very much, but somehow these guys pull it off yes i remember the one scene that i remember laughing hysterically as a kid when marv is trying to get into the basement door and it's and all that, icy the, and the icy yes <laughs> and he's, his feet are slipping around and then at the last second he just both his feet just slip out to the sides real quick <laughs> against the wall
1: just hilarious hilarious uh, physical humor right all right is it <laughs> trap time yeah i think we should talk about some of these traps mate let's talk about from most innocuous let's start and and work our way up to something that could potentially kill someone ornaments on the floor below the window
0: well i mean hold on a second that because that is pretty like in reality that should have been a diehard situation like where bruce willis's feet are bleeding all over the place
1: okay you're right we'll go cars cars underneath like by the stairs that you slip on and maybe ice on the stairs
0: Right. That's what I was thinking. The ice and the toy cars. Okay. Probably the most innocuous. Because yeah.
1: you're basically just creating trip hazards. At most, they're going to fall down.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly.
1: Which, by the way, I think for a kid, that's the most like, hey, if you want to defend your house, icing all of the surfaces by your house, cool, good, fine.
0: I feel like the next one would be shooting a BB gun into the crotch yes. of Harry. Yes. Which I forgot about. <laughs> he does a, That's the first <laughs> thing that happens to him.
1: Right. We start moving to things that can cause serious injury, right?
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Do we go the doorknob next?
0: Yes. That's probably good. The doorknob would be
1: next because it wouldn't kill someone. Right. But that would do some serious damage. The super hot doorknob is a great deterrent for a robber because, again, we move from deterring robbery to I'm going to cause misery. Right. Slash injury. (laughs)
0: Bodily harm. Okay.
1: so, So doorknob is next. What's next after that? After the doorknob, I would
0: say, would it be the iron on the face?
1: Yeah, okay. We'll put iron on the face and the paint cans in the same, paint cans thrown over the banister in the same thing. That, yeah. Bludgeoning be- damage at that yeah, point, right? I, I do feel like that paint can could really knock somebody out pretty good. Soaking that iron. Well, yeah. So- I <laughs> mean, that's point. if that's point down, he's dead. Oh, that's true. Ooh, But true. just in general, an iron falling from any distance onto a head is like, probably immediate concussion i would guess i would think so
0: i feel like the paint cans and the iron like they would have been knocked out for a good 15 minutes right if they really hit like they did
1: yeah we're we're moving up to like this should knock you out yes now are we gonna talk about the nail i think that's coming up next but i think before the nail is cutting the wire that they're trying to climb out to the treehouse on oh that's true because, I mean, they held onto it and swung into a wall. I think they could have dropped into the snow and would maybe been 15 feet below them.
0: Yeah, they might have sprained an ankle.
1: That's going to break a bone or two, sure. Yeah. But you yeah, will yeah. be fine. Right. Let's go to the, I think the nail's next, right?
0: Yeah, so I mean, nail slash
1: ornaments. Yeah, the ornaments is not going to pierce your foot, though.
0: Right, right. So ornaments is under the nail, for sure. So here's the thing with the nail.
1: And I, I would put ornaments, like, I would rather step on ornaments than get hit with an iron in the head. Just talking about things that I'd rather have happen to me. Would you rather?
0: (laughs) Yes. Okay, true.
1: I would rather get hit with an iron than get a nail through my foot.
0: Ah, and it's not just a nail, Nate. This is like, what's on the. Is this pitch on the stairs? Yes. Yes. This is an into the wood situation. Knowing this time I'd run from him. He spread pitch on the stairs.
1: Uh, This is a warning to all those who get a little squeamish. Move ahead about. Two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. Yeah, Two we're going to be here for a bit. Two minutes. I just want to say,
0: a nail going through the bottom of a foot, you're going to cause some serious infection uh, with that dirty, rusty nail and pitch <sighs> as well. <sighs> that and then plus the ornaments being stepped on later, I feel like Marv is going to die or at least have to have, get his foot amputated.
1: I don't know. I I could argue that the pitch actually serves as a bit of like, a, you know how you coat the handle of something with Dip maybe the 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 pitch actually helped with the ornament crunching later oh. cuz it dries on there and maybe you have a little bit you know like those those shoes that have the toes individual I toes guess. there maybe. maybe but yeah definite definite infection from that nail i need to talk about kevin mcallister's motivation here because this is the most di- one of the most diabolical things he does yes he cuz he designed these booby traps right and the fact that he designed pitch on the stairs one step, a shoe comes off. Second step, the second shoe comes off. Now, I don't know why Marv doesn't abandon the, the task after both his shoes get stuck. Right. But okay. Then sock, sock. But on the fifth step, <laughs> Kevin McAllister, an eight-year-old boy, said, I'm going to get his shoes off, and then I'm just going to crucify his foot. Oh. That's terrible. Like, yeah. You might as well just have a nail gun and just shoot him. From the side
0: oh but again this is one of the things where as a kid for some reason it doesn't feel that
1: no it's not big of a deal they they thankfully film it in a way where they like cut away as soon as that thing gets to that nail right well and if you watch him
0: in the movie if he had put his foot all the way down the nail would have been totally through his foot
1: oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. Like it
0: would have been completely through and if you're walking up the steps that's probably what would have happened right like if you're just walking full force up the steps. So I don't know. Is it traumatizing? It's more
1: traumatizing as adults somehow than as a kid. Yes. It's more cringy. All right. We're back. If you fast forwarded. Yes. Yes. We're here. We're done with the nail. That's right. Now. Thanks for staying with us. Doesn't
0: Harry get uh, his head burned? There's a blowtorch, right?
1: Yes. That's next for me. I think that's up there. Right? Because yeah, it could cause some serious damage, I would think. I mean, that could go right in someone's face. Like it tended to work <laughs> out and be on his hat. But yeah, yeah. If he was a tall, if Marv went through that door, it'd be like, "You just got two-faced." <laughs> oh, by the way, the, the the goose the the feathers low on the oh, list. Yeah. That's that's pretty innocuous. That's true. That Get the glue cool. and then the yeah, for sure. The face.
0: Anyway, for some reason, as a kid, our listener and friend Matt says this too, but like it doesn't seem traumatizing as a kid.
1: No. Like, I always think of the one where uh, the they're walking up the steps, and he steps right on the nail, and it goes right into his foot. Like, <laughs> like some of those traps were, like, horrific.
0: But I do remember thinking, after seeing this, I remember telling my parents, like, we, we got to protect our stuff. We're going to get robbed.
1: I mean, I still found, like, I still enjoyed the slapstick comedy of this treehouse of horrors, or whatever they called it, when they went through it. Right. But I really see... Right the like they were going to rob this place and eventually they're trying to murder this child right
0: that's the weirdest thing because i was just about to say when they finally catch him at the neighbor's house he's gonna bite his fingers off (laughs) he's gonna bite his fingers off and he's just about to do it he has his finger like in his mouth unless
1: maybe he was just trying to scare him or something he looked like he was gonna go through i mean after you've had your your top of your head burnt to a crisp and you've stepped on a nail i mean i believe that they were like they were they wanted blood and then shovel man comes. shovel man
0: knocking them out is one of the most satisfying moments of the movie
1: <laughs> so i was scared of shovel man oh yeah as a kid oh, yeah. as an adult his story arc and him yes. talking to kevin in the church yes about his, his son and he's right here to see his granddaughter perform right And at the, the end, you see him hugging his granddaughter with tears in right. his eyes. Yep. Oh, my. Yes. That, I'm like, that hit me so hard this time around.
0: Oh, yeah. It's really emotional. The movie does such a great job. Like, Buzz talks about him early in the movie, talking that he's like some kind of murderer and he right. <laughs> makes bodies into salt. And that's what he's spreading on the road. And all the encounters that Kevin has with him, like in the store, they really build it up well. Right. The way that pays off in the end. It's really satisfying, right, but yeah, so one of the other things I asked our friends of the shows, or how what was their fondest memory kind of impacting moment of this movie?
1: Something that affects me that I remember fondly is the song, that song that they sang, the the candles in the windows. but the song always like it, it always like brings brings my mind like Christmas like it, it makes me think of Christmas john williams
0: john i didn't realize john williams wrote the music i forgot until i was watching the credits but that theme from home alone one of the most recognizable and beautiful melodies in a christmas movie i would say
1: it was so good i i loved i love the music in this movie so much that at times I thought to myself that this was a theme that was taken from someone else (laughs) and was just utilized in this movie until I remembered, oh, this is iconic because of this movie. Right, exactly. I know this theme, not from somewhere else that's been added to this movie. This is original. This is John Williams doing his thing in 1990. I think this movie looms so large
0: in the memories of people like us because I think we saw it all the time. Every year.
1: All the time. Almost. Yes.
0: Whether it was on TV, I remember we had the VHS. And somehow, I guess my parents didn't care about the Playboy or the couple curse words in it because
1: (laughs) I watched it probably every Christmas. Like, it was just a staple. Yeah, I think we had ours recorded on like a Pop-Tart VHS box uh, written on the (laughs) side. You know, like this, this has Home Alone and it has the 1989 Super Bowl footage. Right. Like all those VHS tapes back in the day, <laughs> right? And maybe like half of Gone with the Wind, like part two, is also on this <laughs> right. tape.
0: You know, there was one other part that I wanted to bring up was when he's watching that fake movie, that black and white movie. Yes, the scene when, like, in that movie that he's watching, when he gets the Tommy gun out and shoots that guy a thousand times. Uh huh. That's pretty graphic. <laughs> Right, like they show the body getting shot, like writhing on the floor, and I'm like, "This is troubling." Right, what in the world?
1: And yet, and yet, like I know most of those lines. Right. Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. Yes. <laughs> Keep the change, you filthy animal.
0: I'm gonna give you ugly, yellow, no good Keister off my property. One, two, ten. <laughs> 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 so like so iconic but yeah i mean that's and it's funny cuz kevin in the movie closes his eyes cuz it's like traumatizing to him but right i don't know like as a kid you don't
1: feel it i guess great fast forward skills kevin to piece those together something i notice now as an adult the whole family's trip to france the mom's journey back was a little more touching as well and john candy putting in a a cameo (laughs) performance as the polka king you know polka polka. polka. (laughs) again these are all scenes that i kind of glazed over as a kid yeah but the idea of a mother trying to get back to her son it is a little bit weird that at the very end when she gets back she gets back only like 15 minutes before the rest of her family yeah that waited for a flight and she went to i think she said something like or 60 hours without sleep or something
0: Right. But it's touching. Like, you, you actually, she, I think, the mom, has a great performance. Right. I believe her the whole time. And her yelling Kevin's name when she realizes that he's not with them. Another iconic moment. Yeah. Kevin! Well, Nate, I didn't even think about rating this movie. I was so focused on our battle royale that's coming up.
1: Which is coming right next, right? That's right. It's coming next.
0: But I feel like we should rate this movie on a scale of zero to five gold tooths. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> the tooth that... Harry loses as he's hitting the face with a paint can
1: by the way Kevin McAllister apparently cleans up that house like relatively good so they don't understand that there was a, a burglary within the house that is true but yeah. let it be known that somewhere in the basement are steps that are covered with pitch right and the blood of a man's foot <laughs> tracked through it right and probably still a nail sticking out yeah So you can't cover up all your sins, Kevin (laughs) McAllister. I'm ready to rate, but I want you to go first.
0: Okay. All right. Because there are some weird things in this movie that are hard to get past, but it is no less a classic. I'm going to stick with my quarter ratings for this one. Oh, wow. I'm going to give it a 3.75. I feel like four would be too much for all the weirdness in this movie, but it is such a classic and it's so iconic. It's got to be as close to that as possible, and so that's why I'm giving it three point seven five. Let's say
1: I was between three and a half and four. I'm gonna go. Well,
0: there's a thing between three and I know, but I can't
1: go with you there. (laughs) I cannot follow you where you are going. I'm going to give this movie three and a half gold teeth. (laughs) Three and a half. Three and a half is right, I think. Okay, very good. I think three and a half is correct. This movie is fun, but I think of it differently after just seeing it. Right. I don't know what has changed, but something has changed. Something has changed within me. Something is not the same. I'm through I'm through with okay, Anyway, I can't by. I can't go down that <laughs> wicked road with you. Someone
0: else is gay.
1: Three and a half. Three and a half. I, I don't I don't really have much to say about it. If you've never seen Home Alone, see it once. I think if I had kids, I would be a little bit nervous about having them see it, but I think this movie is perfect for the I'm gonna say a nine year old or ten year old might be the perfect age to see this movie. See, here's the here's the thing
0: though. A ten year old is going to know the curse words. So I I show this to my kids when they were like four Four. and seven or something like early on. Right. The key is, Nate, you can't react when someone curses because if someone curses on screen and then you go like,
1: don't say that word. The kids know something
0: bad just happened. You got to just play it
1: off. You pretend
0: they just said pumpernickel and and you just just move along. You let the movie just keep playing. Yes. You can't react. Yes. That's what you got to do. Yes. But I feel like this is a classic that kids i don't want us. i don't know if i should say
1: should see this movie i would say should i think probably a should i mean this is slapstick humor yeah kids are gonna laugh amazing like it's great yes yeah i mean seeing a man slip comically on icy stairs i mean is kid gold
0: right <laughs> right you should see it and it's on disney plus just like every other movie in existence so there you go All right, Nate, it is time for the Battle Royale. You have not seen what I'm about to send you. I am sending you a PDF that I have developed over the course of the past week. Things have been slow. I am calling this the Robles Rubric for Christmas Movie Canonization. That is the name of this rubric that I have developed.
1: Are you looking at it
0: now? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you weren't expecting this, were you?
1: How are the people listening to this at home going to take this in? Listeners. Because this needs to be shared with the world. I've just started viewing it.
0: I am hoping that this goes viral and it is seen by literally everyone. Uh, So this is in show notes. Go to the show notes. If you don't know where that is, go to mots.fm slash 86, mots.fm slash 86, and look for the Christmas
1: movie rubric. Stephen steven you spent so much time on this i was writing a song and you were oh yes i was coming up with this creating something beautiful
0: so we discussed whether or not die hard and or home alone is a christmas movie Mm -hmm. i was stipulating that die hard was not and you inferred that home alone is not which was preposterous and so it sent me on a wild adventure of creating this rubric so i've created five categories to judge a movie as to whether or not it is a Christmas-based movie. Here are the categories. Christmas mentions, meaning is Merry Christmas or the word Christmas spoken in this movie, and how many times. Okay. Category number two, carols and Christmas songs. So whether it's a traditional carol or some kind of Christmas song, uh, you get a point. And so in each of these categories, I am giving the movie a point for each category when it happens. So every time Merry Christmas is said, they got a point. If I hear a carol or Christmas song, point. Those are the first two categories. Category number three, I'm calling environment. This means is it decor, decorations, weather, scenery? Is there something in the environment that signals it is Christmas time? So that is my environment category. Fourth, objects and attire. This might be a snow globe. It could be a sleigh or reindeer object or toy. And I also included this with attire. So if someone is wearing something Christmassy, clearly Christmassy, then uh, it would be included in this category and they would get a point. And lastly were Santa references. Meaning either Santa is seen on screen, there is a figurine of Santa, or Santa is mentioned in the dialogue. Mm -hmm. And so those are the five categories a movie can score in uh, to be considered a Christmas movie. So the next thing I did, Nate, and this is is where I look like a crazy person. Oh, you didn't look like one before this? (laughs) I have combed through these two movies and literally time-stamped in each category when these movies got a point. For these different uh, topics
1: or categories. Steven. Yes. Did you have to watch the movies? Did you have to watch Die Hard all over again? You bet I did, Nate. Did you like it? Did you like it again?
0: I found it very interesting watching these movies.
1: As research.
0: As research. With the express purpose of putting stuff in these categories, I was surprised how many things in Die Hard actually were Christmas related. Mm -hmm. So, for instance... In Die Hard, under the Christmas mentions, yes. there are 12 occurrences of Christmas being spoken in the movie. Yes. And I'll be honest, I forgot a lot of these instances uh, upon my first viewing of it, yeah. such as, just so you know how in-depth I was, I was watching these, the, at the very beginning of the Die Hard movie, when Bruce Willis is getting off the plane, the flight attendant comes over the speaker. We don't even see her, <laughs> but over the speaker, she says, Merry Christmas. You can barely hear it. It's just a second, but it counts, Nate. It
1: counts. And it's at 1.56. It is at one minute and 56 seconds. In I minute. can't believe you've done this, Stephen. Nate. I can't believe you've done this. This is what happens
0: when you turn an Enneagram 3 to a task such as this. Oh, my
1: goodness. This is what happens. So, anyway. Everyone, please look at this. Just because yes. it really justifies the amount of time that Stephen puts into it, the more eyeballs <laughs> get on this. And I'm just, this is amazing.
0: I'm going to tweet these as images uh, from the Movies on the Side account, and you can share those, and maybe we'll go viral. But anyway.
1: The Enneagram 3 in you really wants to go viral. Yes, absolutely.
0: So anyway, way more occurrences of Christmas in Die Hard than I remember. Twelve times it is spoken, even to the point where Theo, one of the heist robbers who's opening the safe, quotes, "'Twas the night before Christmas." As the police are entering the building and he's communicating like who's where and all that kind of stuff. So I was impressed by the number of occurrences there. Now, we move on to the second category, which is carols and Christmas songs. Now, I need to explain this for our listeners and for you, Nate. There are two actual Christmas songs in this movie. One is called Christmas in Hollis. It is a song that Argyle plays in the limo as they're pulling up to the building. And it's a Christmas song. I paid attention to the lyrics. Also, the movie ends with Let It Snow playing over the credits. But, and this, I am actually subtracting two points from Die Hard in the Christmas song category for these reasons. In the Christmas party that Bruce Willis enters, there is a string quartet slash mini orchestra playing in the background. And the first time we hear them, they're playing Vivaldi, not a Christmas piece. I think they're doing one of the four seasons. If they are at a Christmas party, if, if a company hires a string quartet to play at a Christmas party, they should be playing a bona fide Christmas song.
1: I see what you've done there. And
0: I'm subtracting a point for that. Uh, the other song we hear them play is Ode to Joy, which I did some research, and the poem that Ode to Joy is based off of has nothing to do with Christmas. So I am subtracting that as another point. Do you have any uh-huh. objections?
1: Uh, sure. As long as I don't have any objections, because I think I can subtract some points from your other list, but that's fine.
0: we will get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. (laughs) All right. So for environment, I include things like the Christmas tree that is set up in the party. Uh, there's lights in, on the trees outside the building. I wrongly stated previously that there were no street decorations where there actually were. There were some decorative stars and garlands on the light posts outside the building. There's a lights and a small tree on one of the desks during the firefight where Hans Gruber says, shoot the glass. And uh, there's also a wreath on one of the doors. I think it's the office door. So anyway, gets points for environment. There's also some objects and attire that I've given it points for, as you can see listed in the document. I even included in this category the tape, which he tapes the gun on his back in the final scene. Actually, says like Christmas and has like little hollies on it. (laughs) So I included the Christmas tape uh, Uh in that as well. And there's also a number of Santa references. Obviously the machine gun ho, ho, ho written on the sweatshirt. Uh, There's several statues of Santa and Santa is mentioned as the news reporter is telling his colleague that this other reporter can't cover it because he's at a Santa sing-along event. I even included that reference. So as a whole, die hard in my purview gets 29 points for the Christmas rubric. Now, the part that I left out of this rubric is what number does a movie have to cross to actually be considered a Christmas movie? Mm -hmm. But I will admit, I am seeding the fact there are way more Christmas mentions and visual cues in Die Hard than I remember upon first viewing. And I'm just going to throw it out there if a movie has more than 20 occurrences of Christmas, it is most definitely a Christmas movie. And so, Nate, I will cede to you the fact that Die Hard is actually a Christmas movie.
1: Wonderful. This is great. I haven't even done anything yet. I'm already, getting, I'm already winning things.
0: Now, we come to the part where you need to seed. Because Home Alone, in the second page of this rubric, has a total of 61 Christmas occurrences. Throughout the movie, let me ask you you see all my points there, all 61 timestamps in this movie. What do you take issue with, Nate?
1: Well, in your environment section at minute stamp hour 1756, you have ice on steps for Harry and ice on steps with Marv. Ice is not Christmas environment, that is winter. So if you're going to say that all things snow and winter are Christmas, such as snow boots is not wind, is not Christmas at all. Shovel as a weapon is not Christmassy. Now, like okay, I'll give you stockings on the fireplace. Like yes, or <laughs> like there are many things that are Christmassy, but you have highlighted a lot of things that I would call wintry.
0: Now here's the thing: Wintery is a thing that diehard has nothing of, and, and I find. Y- you
1: begin to make my point for me because you have brought an abacus to a gunfight and I'm about to come at you like a spider <laughs> monkey. Are you ready? Even if you take out those ice references, there's literally 65 other
0: things in this list, Nate.
1: You have lost the forest because you've been counting the trees.
0: Yeah, that's not even how that saying goes. What are you
1: talking about? It is now. Listen to me. Listen to me, Robles Rubric, man. Yes. I concede there are so many Christmas references in Home Alone. Okay. Okay. Here is my main point. I'm going to back it out to 30,000 feet. And that, and that is this Die Hard did not need to be based at Christmas. But the choice of the Christmassiness of Die Hard thematically was important to the director and should be important to us. Home Alone. Fills the screen with Christmas stuff because it's in a winter in Chicago, but I would say that other than the snowplow man's reunion with his granddaughter, which I will give you is super Christmassy, I think that it is slapped. It's like thou protesteth too much. The fact that it was like well. It makes sense if we do it in the wintertime because we want it to be the snow and we wanted to find a reason that they would get away. So Christmas makes sense. So they just went with it as part of the environment and the aesthetic. But I would say that it's not, it wasn't chosen thematically as a point in this. I think Home Alone could have worked. Again, they wanted the snow because there are a lot of cool things when, like, these bad guys are running around in the snow and the ice and all of that. It could have happened in June and the story would have been exactly the same.
0: Now, balderdash, fa- Dash, Nate,
1: Balderdash. Dash. They could have gone on vacation in June. The story is about a boy who has been separated from his family, wishing that his family was not there, making a wish. His family goes away. He learns to appreciate his family. His mother fights to get back to him and this boy battles with... Okay, thieves. hold on,
0: hold on, mate. First of all, I am taking the complete opposite argument where you're saying Die Hard could have taken place at any time. I agree with you, which makes it less of a Christmas movie. If you took out the no, times no, no. that they actually say take, Christmas, like,
1: they, Die Hard. It was in L.A. It, there was like it doesn't have the kind of snow globe, cheap things, wreaths that are you're going to necessarily use to connect it to. Christmas which is the fact that they why it doesn't chose feel like a christmas it, movie the, but the it fact that feel they like chose that. to make it on christmas a christmas party that i think that whole theme with the ho 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 now i have a machine gun all of these decisions were very important to the director of the movie it was important decisions to make because it would have been very easy to it's la why would you make it at christmas whereas home alone they had it at winter time and it just made sense to just fill it up with Christmas no. stuff. Balderdash, first of all, I think that director of Die
0: Hard is poking fun at everyone who calls this a Christmas movie. Because Die Hard, again, nothing in relation to the plot is necessary to be Christmas. Like you said, like you admitted, the plot could totally take place another time of year at an office party
1: and it, the movie stands alone. Wait, now, but the, but the in deeper regards- theme behind Hold Die on. Hard, the deeper theme of this... Connecting, reconnecting with his wife. Could happen at any time. That the innocence of Christmas has been destroyed by Hans Gruber. No. At this time, this time of family getting together, the ransom. Listen, listen. The ransom. Yes, none of that is Christmas related. Listen to me. Okay, give me the Christmas related of Home Alone other than the five million times that a Santa is used. Home Alone
0: also has 11 carols and Christmas songs. Just stating that everywhere. Now, you said... The family could have gone to Fill France it up at any with time. Christmas things. Yeah. You said the family could have gone at any time, but plot point. At 27 minutes and 30 seconds, it is stated that five families have left because it is Christmas. At any other time of year, Summer you vacation. would not have five families. Spring break. No, it doesn't happen then. You don't have as big of a break. Five families are gone because of Christmas. That is exactly right. why Harry That's and why they made it feel okay. free to rob the house at that time. And exactly. why Kevin's exactly mom cannot contact cons- him.
1: Those five people are. They needed everyone to be gone in the block, otherwise, this whole story wouldn't make sense. So, right, which is why it had to take place on time, Christmas. They needed to find a time where it makes sense, where a lot of people are gone. It has nothing to do with Christmas. It has everything to do with people traveling all at one point in time, and it just yes, so happens that Christmas happens break is
0: only during Christmas, Nate. Even during the summer, people take staggered vacations. Christmas is the one time where you have Christmas and New Year's, where someone will take an extended vacation, and that all five families do it at the same time. That is necessary to the plot. Not only that, but there are many. There are so many actual Christmas movies that are seen in here, like Miracles in 34th Street, The Grinch is played, yada yada yada. Mm-hmm. Even
1: French Airport. Charles de Gaulle Airport has wreaths and garland everywhere. Just saying. Does it make something a Christmas movie if you fill it up with other Christmas movies? Is that what you're saying? Is kind of like it's the cordon bleu of a movie? Like, hey, well, we put a bunch of ham and cheese in it. It's. I go go back to my rubric. Ham and cheese sandwich. The things
0: that make something a Christmas movie is when Christmas is spoken. Christmas is heard via carols and songs. Christmas is seen by the environment. Christmas is worn in objects and attire. And you talk about Santa. Home Alone has far more references to all those things than Die Hard. Now, it I does. conceded that Die Hard it does. could be considered It does.
1: It, does. it does have a lot of references to Christmas. I'm just saying that Christmas feels like a way to fill up the movie with, with an aesthetic and not necessarily something that the like and more of a marketing ploy of like hey it's, it's gonna be re- released around christmas time and less about it actually being uh, about christmas you could
0: say the same thing about it's a wonderful life that could have happened to him at any how point dare in how you dare you
1: how See, saying. you though. <laughs> you're right you're right it's a wonderful life you're right it's a wonderful life again it's the magic of winter Right. And the magic of snow. Thank you. And it just so happens it would be weird if a movie was set in January twentieth. Now, I would say that Groundhog's Day is a winter movie that didn't <laughs> that they could have made Christmas related and they put it around a sure. different holiday. So I they guess it's a totally I guess it's a wonderful life could have been around Jan- you know, January twentieth. So I guess you have me there. Also, when Kevin is fleeing
0: from Marvin Harry following him in the van, he hides in the nativity set up outside the church. Sure. Now, if it was any other time, there would sure. not be something that he could hide in like that. Apparently, the church wasn't open because he couldn't, he didn't go inside. Yes. But that nativity was, again, key to the plot. What,
1: what, you're telling me that nativity was key to the plot? Absolutely. He could have hidden inside of a 4th of July uh, What, yeah, a firework? No, he could not have. He could have hidden Wrong. inside a hot dog. He could have hit inside a hot dog stand.
0: No, that's garbage. He would have been running there because it was near his neighborhood. He had home to. Home Alone hide Two in the is nativity. a Christmas
1: movie. Home Alone One is a a child defending his home against robbers in wintertime. The only thing you said about Home Alone Two
0: was the toy
1: store and the toy children's, are open- and the children's uh, what the children's what the children's hospital and there's not toy stores open year round. No, the children's Hospital Duncan toy chest the, at the dunk, they donate to the children's Hospital every year at Christmas time. <laughs> it's about giving an altruism in that there. In Home Alone One, what's it yes. about? What's it about? It's about Michael Jordan cut out, going around on a, a train set and ornaments used as weapons.
0: Anyway. That scene also with Michael Jordan on the train set and all that.
1: Rocking around the Christmas tree. It is tree.
0: much more reasonable to have a Christmas party like that in the winter than anything else.
1: Yeah, it's convenient for the plot, isn't it that Christmas is there? It really helps the plot. It's a crutch. It's a crutch <laughs> that the director of Home Alone uses. You are just to advance his own plot. Chris Columbus
0: against the talking to you. In-depth research that I have done on this movie. Even if you take out the snow and ice References in my rubric, which is let's say generously 10 different things, this movie still scores a 51 far more than the Die Hard movie.
1: Let me tell you something. I'm going to tell you something right now. Completely agree with you. This is definitely a Christmas movie, but I've been fighting so hard. I've been trying so hard to fight for my point. I, yes, this is definitely a Christmas movie. You have, you have I, I have, I knew it when I watched it that it was a Christmas movie. <laughs> I don't think it's more of a Christmas movie than Die Hard, but it's definitely, it's riddled with Christmas. It's riddled with it. And I'll be honest, the snowman, the snow shovel things, I've been fighting, it's a losing battle. This is, I can't, I can't fight it anymore. I don't even believe in my own side anymore. (laughs) Sorry, Chris Columbus. I love your work of art. Who's Chris Columbus? He's a director.
0: Well, anyway, they're both Christmas movies.
1: That's all. Steven, I'm so proud of you.
0: I I cannot tell you how much I sweated over this rubric. Great job. I also had planned to literally have screenshots of all the objects in attire and environment timestamps that I have listed here. And the reason why I don't, so I was going to start with, as I was watching Die Hard, one of the objects at one hour, 35 minutes and 46 seconds, Uh it's the scene when... Bruce Willis and Hans Gruber are facing each other. Hans Gruber has just discovered his gun is not loaded. Uh-huh. And the elevator dings. The, the more bad guys come out. And Bruce Willis like, runs to take cover. Well, as he's running, there's exactly like two frames uh-huh. with a small Christmas tree with lights on it on the desk behind him. <laughs> I cannot tell you how many times I tried to pause it at the exact moment so I could take a screenshot of that tree. Oh, man. Now, I got it perfect. It was paused. It was right there. And so I took a screenshot only to discover in my horror that all these different apps that play movies do not allow you to take screenshots while you're watching a movie. (laughs) I tried four or five different ways, and I could not capture The screenshot. And I wasn't about to take a picture of my phone screen like an animal. I was just going to take a screenshot. And I went to my computer. I tried it in Google Chrome. I tried it in Safari. I tried it on YouTube, in Google Play. I tried it everywhere, Nate. Even on the Mac. If you try to take a screenshot, it'll literally just be a black rectangle where the movie is playing. And it will not show you what's there.
1: I don't know if you know how Easily people can now triangulate who you are as a person. But this whole exercise, whether you know it or not, I think people could guess your social security number now that no, you have no, no, now no. that you have done this. This is so this is on brand.
0: Thank you. I have one more question for you, Nate. Sure. Not a top five, just a top one. Because it's Christmas, do you remember the most meaningful or memorable Gift that you got during Christmas as a child? No, I do not. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember any of the like big gifts that like you totally? I expecting? got a Nintendo
1: sixty four. Oh yeah, at one point in time, that's a good one. And I'm sure I have received many more thoughtful gifts or many more uh, gifts that I would if I if you listed them now, I'd be like, oh yes, absolutely this, but. I got a Nintendo 64, and I remember that was everything. Like, that was the rest of the day. It had pilot wings, it had Super Mario 64 on it. Oh, yeah. I can't. I wish I could go back to the day when I unwrapped my Nintendo 64 Mm. with Jacob. It was the beginning of timed entertainment time because you had to, like, somehow put a limit to how much we would sit in front of this TV and play 64. (laughs) Yeah. What about you?
0: I I remember two distinct Christmases. Uh, My parents were always incredible gift givers, and they would always throw me off the scent of what they might be getting me. Mm. And I remember one year, they had just one big box wrapped under the tree, maybe four feet tall kind of box, Uh and I had no idea what was in it. And I remember that year, I actually wanted a bunch of Transformers, the dinosaur variety. Sure. Sure. When I opened that big box, there was like twelve smaller boxes all wrapped inside of it. Uh-huh. Each one being like a transformer or some other awesome toy. Oh man! It was just a wonderful feeling. And the second one, close to your Nintendo sixty four memory, I remember one year the DVD player was the big gift. Mm. They got me a DVD player. This was in high school, probably my junior or senior year. But we got a DVD player and we got four movies. We got Gladiator, The Perfect Storm, The Patriot, and Mission Impossible 2. So we got a DVD player and those four movies. And it, we watched all four of those movies all day.
1: Yep. And it
0: was wonderful.
1: Oh, man. It was a
0: very fun memory. That's great. Merry Christmas, mate.
1: Merry Christmas, you filthy
0: <laughs> animal.